For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's good, Thunder fans? My name is Matty Moles, and you people are listening to Topic Thunder. What a freaking game. Paul George is a man. He is a grown man. He's so manly. And I think I think he may have a second home in Brooklyn. Is it safe <laughs> to say the Barclays Center, the deed of the Barclays Center has Paul George's name on it? Sounded like he had about at least 10,000 fans in there. Yeah, uh, it, it sounded... <laughs> It, it was a road game, but it didn't really sound like a road game for OKC. No, no it didn't. Um, and it definitely felt like a like a road uh, broadcast for me, being a Thunder fan, because that was the stream that I was given. Um, <laughs> but a nice little tidbit of information was that a Barclays Center uh, record was set by Paul George with 47 mm-hmm. points. Trumping Carmelo Anthony's 45 previously in that building. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a throwback. We've that really a lot of thunder dots connected right there. Exactly. I, I like it. <laughs> and I mean, how far has has Melo fallen? He's he's a shadow of, of that 45 point self, and now he's a not histor- even on a, a historical footnote. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> he's still a rocket, but not really. Anyway, this isn't a Mellow podcast. This is a Thunder podcast. And Mellow is no longer part of the Thunder. But a guy who stayed on the Thunder, Paul George, is 
And thank goodness that he is because what a performance, especially in the second half and the fourth quarter. So what thoughts did you have for the game besides just Paul George? Well, I'll say my thoughts for this game are 100% positive because due to a commute, I wasn't even supposed to be on this podcast. I was just so excited I had to be. I got to watch the first quarter of this game and the fourth quarter of this game. So everything I saw was wonderful. I don't, I'm told that some <laughs> negative things happened in between those two quarters, but man, yeah. everything I saw was just like the best Thunder basketball I've seen in a while, you know? Yeah. And me being a, a poor host, this is Stephen Dolan for all you fans at home uh, who's joining me on the podcast today. Uh, yeah, there were some negative things that happened. There were a lot of negative things that happened. Um, and we'll get into all those things and more coming up on the other side of the break. But first, we got a little housekeeping to do and we got to hear a word from our sponsor. All right. So that was Flipboard. And now we are going to tell the rest of the story of the game. Hmm. And you know what we're going to do? I'm talking about hooking up the TiVo. You don't got to explain to me why you need TiVo. We're going to start this game going quarter by quarter, and I'm going to hit you with some stats, some things that uh, that I saw um, right away. Russ rocking the lime green colorways and the Thunder wearing those those bright orange accessories on the blue jerseys. Mm, mm, mm. We had that Sherbert look going on out there, and I, it was nice. <laughs> it looked nice, yeah. And we saw, uh, I think, the the OKC tracker, the guy that's breaking all the jersey news somehow. He's got some. He's got an inside source in the in the equipment room, right? That's what's going on there, right? Yeah. Let's just hope it's not a camera that's like <laughs> looking at it. Yeah, that no, could be a little... it's got to be. He's just got to have somebody in there in the, in the equipment room that's just breaking all these stories. But yeah, it looked really good with the orange and the blue, and and uh, Russ's sneakers just were popping off the screen. It was really nice. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I wonder who he gave those sneakers to. There was a couple of fans sitting, uh, sitting courtside rocking OKC stuff, so I bet one or two of those kids got got some sneaks. Yeah, All I right. didn't see. But did you did you see after the game, after Paul George's uh, final interview with Leslie McCaslin, that he gave his shoes away too? Did you see that? Did he really? Wow. Yeah, he he, uh, he he untied them on camera, and then he walked over and like was real selective with who he was gonna give them to as he was walking down the tunnel, and he he didn't give them to like a child like Russ likes to do. He gave it to like a sixteen, but sixteen to eighteen year old kid who was around other 16 to 8 year old, 18 year old kids and it looked like there was going to be a fight over those mm. shoes like they, they were yelling at each other and like the camera was like get off of them that's not not the attitude we're going for so backfired a little but yeah do you think that that, that whoever won that fight do you think that they uh, they dropped any like uh, baking soda bombs or anything in those in those uh, in those shoes cuz dude was working in them i can i I don't think that they would have been smelling the best, but anyway. Um, <laughs> so Terrence Ferguson, he's back. He's in the lineup. He got the start, and right away he hit a three from the corner. And then looked like things were going to start to get going for us early. Paul George hit a three. 
And then Harris came down on the other end with an answer. And that will be kind of a theme for most of the game. Mm-hmm. Anytime OKC did something positive, Brooklyn was right there to have an answer. And it started pretty early. Another thing that started early was uh, was Alan Crabb hitting three-pointers and Crabb also getting fouled while shooting three-pointers. Now, I counted four occasions where that happened for him. And what? I think I think he only paid it off once uh, with making the free throw afterwards. Um, early on, Brooklyn was doing work on the offensive glass in the first quarter. They out-rebounded us uh, on the offensive boards 5-3. to three. And anybody that follows the Thunder and follows their stats knows that that's typically where OKC makes their makes their money. And it really seemed like every time the Thunder locked down defensively and got a stop, somehow Brooklyn was able to extend the possession and then they ended up getting some second chance points. There was... Uh, an interesting moment with Steven Adams early. He did miss some easy ones. But did you see that Euro step that Steven Adams tried? <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that. It was it got me real excited till the ball left his hand, but <laughs> but he did it with confidence, right? It was like he saw the play, he saw how the play was laid out and was like, "Oh, this is my chance." <laughs> yeah. So he didn't I hit don't the think rim, right? It didn't hit the no, rim. No, no, no. He I think he missed it by a solid foot and a half or 2 feet. Yeah. No, nobody's going to confuse Steven Adams for being a guard anytime soon. No. Um, I think uh, him hanging out with Russell Westbrook and Paul George uh, every day rubbed off on him, and that could be a good thing. But I think here was a time <laughs> where it definitely backfired. It's um, the first time I've ever been like, Steven Adams, be less confident. That's the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and watch. Watch him hit the gym and bust it out sometime in the future. Yeah. And just it yeah. pretty. Um so Stephen Adams did miss a couple of a couple of bunnies early, but he was able to to find the open man. He hit uh, he hit Russell Westbrook for his only assist of the quarter um, on a, a backdoor cut, and Russ was able to slam it home with authority. And then on the defensive end, um, Adams was able to block Harris, and Grant was able to block Allen uh, in consecutive uh, attempts at the basket, but. While we love Grant's enthusiasm and his aggressiveness on the defensive end, he did pick up a cheapy foul, uh, his second of the quarter with 4.02 left. He stayed in for a bit, but then uh, then Billy Donovan took him out and put in Patrick Patterson, and that proved to be a problem. You got any thoughts on Patterson and what that looked like tonight? Well, I think he came in with about four minutes, maybe three minutes left in the first quarter. So I got to catch the the beginning of his night. And he looked pretty bad right off the bat. It was definitely a bad look for him immediately. Um, let's see. I, he got blown by immediately by Spencer Dinwiddie for an easy layup. And then the next possession, he gave up an offensive rebound where he just like jumped way too early. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how high he thinks he can jump, but it's not that high. <laughs> he was like on the ground again before the ball came down. So they got offensive rebound where they kind of had the guy trapped between he and Alex Abrines in the short corner with Patterson being the one between him and the basket. And then Patterson just like ran off. 
Mm-hmm. And the guy just had an open lane to the basket and just shot a little floater. And it was just like, ah, that was kind of sketchy. So it was just um, immediately got off to a bad start. And look, we can deal with him missing shots, right? Because we know it's going to get better. But if he's not good on defense, that's going to be a problem because this team just doesn't have any defensive liabilities. So he, he can't be the one. Yeah, 100%. And to be fair, our entire bench was a liability tonight for the most part, right? It mm-hmm. was it was pretty it was pretty rough sledding um, for our second unit, especially in comparison to theirs. But it didn't look pretty early, and Patterson was able or unable to uh, to keep Dinwiddie in check. And my note specifically is Dinwiddie is a problem off the dribble, um, and that that was evident for a lot of people tonight. But really, they were trying to get Patterson on the switch. And, and just let Dinwiddie do work on him. And that, that was rough. Dinwiddie had himself a game, and it started with him cooking uh, cooking Patterson. So continuing on uh, for my notes, uh, my last note of the first quarter says, George starting cold. <laughs> <laughs> so George only started one for six in the game in the first quarter he played a full 12 minutes in the quarter he had seven points but that was due to him hitting four or five from the line he had three defensive rebounds one offensive rebound so he was he was semi-active there he had two assists which was great and he had a block um in the quarter he was definitely our best performer uh overall the thunder scored 24 points in the first quarter But it was really a balanced effort by the Brooklyn Nets. Harris had five. Crabb had six. Dinwiddie had three. Um, Damari Carroll had two. But we'll hear more from him later on. Um, So that wraps me up for the first quarter with OKC leading 24 to 23. And we just thought that, okay, it was a rough quarter. Things are going to get going for OKC soon. And this one's going to be put to bed early. Yeah. So, and and that that'll end the part I watched for a little bit. But just I was so I was watching the play by play on my phone while I was on the bus home. So I know most of what happened. I just didn't actually see it happen. Um, I mean, it looked like the second quarter, the bench kind of let it get out of hand. Like, I mean, I saw how Pat Patterson looked, but what happened at the start of the second quarter? We didn't score but three points or five points or something for the first half of the second quarter. Yeah, so Brooklyn started the quarter with a 19-4 to run. Oh, that'll do it. So that, that, <laughs> that wonderful, huge one-point lead that we had uh, coming out of the first quarter was quickly wiped away, and... For reference, this this series of events wraps up exactly how that second quarter went. My notes. Offense is so ugly. OKC gets two offensive boards in the same possession. And then a bad pass causes Dennis Schroeder to try and save it. And he throws it to a Brooklyn net who then takes it in transition. And by the way, that transition bucket was by Jared Dudley, who <laughs> isn't really the most nimble of players yeah. at this point in his career or really any point in his career right yeah he um, doesn't get out in transition very often anymore <laughs> no no um but that's pretty much how it went uh next note pat getting abused by dinwiddie and that continued 
and the OKC unit, uh, second unit, just continued to get torched. Uh, overall for the quarter, um, Brooklyn had a 31 to nine bench advantage in the first half, and most of that damage came at the tail end of the first, and then the beginning of the second quarter when they went on that huge run. OKC just had no answers uh, for them. Dennis Schroeder in 14 minutes as really our only bright spot off the bench at seven points, but he was a negative 12 in the game. Nerlens Noel was a negative 18 uh, on the plus minus in the game for the first half. Patterson negative 11 in the first half. Abrinis negative 15 in the first half. Hami only played two minutes, but managed to be negative six in the first half. So if you want to story how the second quarter went, just look at what our second unit did or did not do. Now for reference, Damari Carroll, I mentioned him having two points in the first quarter. He ended up finishing the half with 12. Dinwiddie had 11. And Crab had 13 points. So they had three players in double digits, and two of them were off the bench. For reference, their bench players, Davis was a plus 17, Dudley was a plus 17, Carroll was a plus 16, and Dinwiddie was a plus 12. Story of how the first half went right down to the second unit. Some other key stats for the half. Oklahoma City only had five free throw attempts compared to 18 for the Brooklyn Nets in the first half. Yeah, rough. I was wondering when makeup calls were going to happen, and I think a a few of them did in the second half, but it it seemed like it was going to be Really tough going. And oh, by the way, those four or five were all from Paul George. So nobody else even had a free throw attempt in the first half. OKC was six for 18 from three, while the Nets were eight of 21 from three. So percentage was pretty close, but that wouldn't be the case in the third quarter, which is where we will come into next. Yeah, in the third quarter, from what I saw, it looked like, at least for the first, I don't know, nine minutes of the third quarter, it seemed like the Thunder would make a run to get it down from 21, 23, or whatever, down to 18. Like, several times I saw it go down to 18, and then the Nets would make a three, and it would be 21 again, right? Does that about match up with what was actually happening in the game? Yeah, it was... uh... Man, that third quarter, it seems like it was so long ago. It seems like it was just so long ago. Um, We started the quarter trying to assert ourselves inside. I think Billy Donovan, to his credit, a lot of people want to crucify him for a lot of the things he doesn't do. But the Thunder are the number one team in the NBA in third quarter production. And I think that's because he's doing a lot of adjustments at the half and trying to set us up to get rolling in the second in the second half rather. And one of the things we wanted to do was assert ourselves inside. So Steven Adams had back-to-back buckets inside Mm -hmm. to start the quarter. And then it was just right after that, just like you said, anytime we started to get some momentum, there were threes hit. Um, D'Angelo Russell hit a three to move it to 20 points. And then Adams... Went down on the other end, hit a bucket inside, thought, okay, we're going to settle down. 
And then another foul on Crab shooting a three. A little note, I never really watched a lot of him. But when he shoots a three, he lands a solid like two to three feet in front of where he takes off. Mm. And I think that's really difficult for defenders to figure out where to close out at. Yeah. Because you got you to gotta allow him to land. And I don't think that we were trying to do anything malicious. It's just there is nowhere else to be. And, right. and he's going to get that call a lot of the time. Yeah. Well, and that's really hard for refs because if he's allowed to jump forward if the defender is also moving forward and there's any contact that's a foul on the defender you know like he's not obligated to land in the same spot the defender's obligated not to go forward so that i mean maybe it's a good strategy maybe more people should develop their shot in that way because it's kind of taking advantage of a of a i don't know i don't want to call it a loophole in the rules but a, an inefficiency in the rules and an inability, right, for the officials to really make that call because it's part of a natural shooting motion. So I don't know if there's any way that the refs would be able to revise that, right? Like the, the rip through right. move or anything that Harden does grabbing people's arms and then flailing. Yeah. Like Yeah, and I mean you can't take you can't take jumping forward and getting a foul out of the rule book because imagine a layup. Right? Right. Like exactly. you, you just can't. There's not a rule you can write for that. It's so yeah, it's a good strategy or technique that he has going. So Russell Westbrook, with 5:24 left in the third quarter, got his 108th triple double in his career, passing yeah. Jason Kidd. Yeah, and I saw I saw um, I saw that tweeted out when I was on the bus. And at the time, I think we were down 20 points. And I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, great. Right? Like, the, this this isn't going to make Twitter much fun when Russ has a triple-double and the Thunder lose by 20. It's just going to bring all the trolls out. So I'm glad that turned around for more reasons than just one. So at the time, there was a graphic that came up. Um, and I was ready to fight those trolls with fire. <laughs> Russell Westbrook <laughs> getting a triple double results in OKC winning 88 to 19. Their record is 88 to 19 when Russ gets a triple double going into tonight. Uh-huh. Spoilers. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, that would change one way or another. Yeah. Right. And we're we're in a good mood, so I think you know which way this is going to go. Yeah, yeah. Um in that same vein, I mentioned that in the first half Nobody but Paul George took a free throw. Well, Russell Westbrook didn't get his first free throw attempt until 2.59 left in the quarter. <laughs> yeah. Which um, is... And I would also like to mention that after Steven Adams going 7-for-7 seven seven in the previous game, he was 1-for-6 tonight, just while we're talking about free throws. <laughs> and that was another thing. So we were, we were attacking the inside with Steven Adams. Yeah. That's good. They were fouling Steven Adams, which is good. Steven Adams wasn't able to to get the and one, so he was going to the line for two. Okay, I can live with that. But he was missing his free throws, which we can't live with. So, yes, it's getting a foul called on them, but that's mm-hmm. essentially giving them a free possession defensively. Yeah. And we're not able to really make them pay for Steven Adams being so dominant inside. So it was working for them. Uh, for the most part, that strategy. So, wrapping up the end of the third quarter, 
Brooklyn was up 93 to 75. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say before we move on to the fourth quarter, I would like to say a few Nets stats because I doubt we'll talk about a Nets player again from here on out. <laughs> There's a lot yeah. of Thunder content to be had. So. Um, you said D'Angelo Russell did a good job. He did. 17 points on 13 field goal attempts, four assists. Pretty good game. Uh, Alan Crabb was obviously their standout. 22 points on seven of 13 from the three-point line. Uh, you want to hear something funny? Uh, do you have the Do you have the box score pulled up? I do. Oh, okay. Well, do you see what, what is got- plus? Do you see what Alan Crabb's plus minus is? Yeah, the guy who torched OKC tonight yeah, yeah. had a whopping plus-minus of what? Minus 20. How does that happen? Minus 20, the biggest in the game. <laughs> Spencer Dinwiddie was a minus 11, and I thought he did really good too. Like, they're best players. So so here's what I think it is. So we have, we have Allen at minus 13, Russell minus 11, Crab minus 20. Dinwiddie minus 11. And you know what that is? It's their closing lineup, right? Hmm. It's got to be. It must be, right? So with that in mind, what happened in the fourth quarter, Maddie? In the fourth quarter? Well, what is, uh, what, what's Paul George's number? 13. What's one plus three? It's four. And that is Paul George's quarter, the fourth <laughs> quarter. Homeboy <laughs> went bananas yeah like i'm watching the number 23 right now they just come together right now excellent (laughs) so beautiful so paul george had 25 fourth quarter points you don't let that sink in for a minute 25 fourth quarter points what would that be if he did that in all four quarters uh i don't know i think uh I think Wilt the Stilt would have to worry about a, about a certain <laughs> single-game record. Um, that's pretty freaking phenomenal. So, my notes early on. I'll talk about a few other guys real quick. Dennis Schroeder, Hamadou Diallo, Terrence Ferguson, Alex Abrinas, and Narlins Noel all played very well to start the fourth quarter. They had high energy. They were getting stops all the the mental lapses that we were seeing in the second and third quarter on defense were gone and the Brooklyn Nets were having to work really hard to to get any type of offensive production shortly thereafter Russ Dennis Schroeder Terrence Ferguson Paul George and Steven Adams were that was our lineup and then right after that happened Paul George happened he hit back-to-back threes to cut it to 10. So we talked about the Thunder being down by 18 points going into the fourth quarter. And I mentioned that first lineup because that kind of helped stabilize us. It could have very well ballooned up to be 25 or more points. Sure. And they, they really stabilized what we were doing um, and, and refocused us so that when the starters came back in plus Dennis Schroeder running the two. They were eight, they were within striking distance, which is mm-hmm. insane to think, but they were. 
Paul George cut cut it to 10. And then the Nets had an answer inside. And then Paul George went right back down, uh, down the end and was able to find Steven Adams. Steven Adams struggled again from the line. I think he hit one of two on that possession. And then the Thunder locked in. And all I have is PG-1-3. Holy crap, what an alley for George. Because Russell Westbrook found him. And an emphatic dunk off the the left baseline. And And I'll say, and I'll say, I don't think that that one didn't look like one of their standard drawn up plays. That looked just like a improv, like between both of them. Paul George realized he had a cut open and Russell saw it coming. Like that didn't look like one of their drawn up alley oops. And it was recognition for, in my mind, it was Russell Westbrook Mm -hmm. seeing that Paul George was getting going. Yeah, and was like, "Look, I'm I'm gonna feed him. He's he's cutting. He's got an opportunity." And I didn't know that Paul George could slam it like that on an alley oop. Like, I love how he I love how he dunks it and then slaps the backboard afterwards. Mm-hmm. That's like one of my favorite post dunk moves like of all time. Yeah, so I'm I'm six foot one, and I'm I do good on most days just to like get <laughs> the bottom of the net. Yeah. So I can't even fully appreciate what that <laughs> must feel like. It feels good, man. <laughs> oh, it feels good? Okay. Yeah, it feels good. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> so the next thing I have is Georgia's all hustle because at that moment he was locked in. He was going for every mm-hmm. single rebound. He was active on the defensive end. And anytime there was a miss offensive, it the the entire Thunder team seemed to rally around it. They could taste the, they, it was like a shark when there's blood in the water. They wanted it. They, they fought to get back into that spot and they were going to put Paul George in a position to succeed, except for one play that comes to mind. Okay. And Russell Westbrook overall had a very good <laughs> oh, game. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. This happened. But there, there was a moment where, where Paul George was cooking and yeah. didn't look gassed at all. I mean, the adrenaline was going, the momentum was there, and Russell Westbrook ended up pulling an inadvised three with like 17 seconds left on the shot yeah. clock. He got and excited. He did. And then what happened on the <laughs> other end? I think we were yeah. we cut it to two before that. Uh-huh. And then and then the with the three down. with that great with with Paul George cooking and he got down the lane and popped it out to Grant in the corner. This this the right basketball play and Grant knocked it down. So that was just just to call that play out cuz Paul George gave it up when he was cooking and it worked. So that was awesome. Yeah, exactly. And then and I actually have that too. A big shot by Grant uh from the corner. So that three was an answer to a three that the Nets had result after Russell's uh miss. And so that cut it to two. And then at the end, Paul George decided he was going to go ahead and finish this thing off. Mm-hmm. He, he drove to the basket. And, and what was an interesting play, he went up for a, uh, for a layup and he got hit on the hand. And they didn't yeah. call it. They yeah. didn't call foul. And I thought right then and there, Paul George was going to get teed up. And I think yeah, he, he got it. It was close. And I think he, I think he got attacked earlier in the game, 
And that just would have been very unfortunate. Oh, did he? I didn't see. I didn't know that. He already was sitting on a tech. So, I mean, kudos to that referee for the restraint there. Because you yeah. don't want to change the game in that way unless they do something egregious. And, and kudos to Dennis Schroeder for, for getting yeah, in that right. situation immediately and yeah. getting Paul George out of that um, out of that spot. And it was it was egregious. There were several uh, several fouls that should have been called. Russell Westbrook was also hit on a on a layup attempt earlier, and and that didn't get called either. And actually, that was towards the end of the game um, when OKC was trying to take the lead. I think I want to say that was. That yeah. was like a minute and a half left or something. And that was one that you don't mind Russ taking because he got kind of a fast outlet pass and then all the defenders except for his one-on-one defender, I, I don't recall who it was, um, somebody between a point guard and a small forward was just locked up on him one-on-one and he it was like, well, you have to take that, Russ. You know, like you have to try to get to the basket because it's literally one-on-one fast break transition opportunity and and he he got fouled he did i don't want to i don't know we're I, I feel like we're spending a little bit too much time on the refs like <laughs> well yeah but the, i mean that was part of the frustration early on right yeah um, sure and and they did play a role um but we didn't actually need the refs at the end right. of the game because with five seconds left Mm-hmm. Paul George got the pass. So coming out of coming out of the the timeout. So we got the we got the rebound on a defensive stop with eight seconds left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and, 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 was and Billy that. Donovan and Billy Donovan called a timeout immediately. Um, the way the rebound came off, Russell Westbrook got it at about the top of the key or maybe the free throw line with. An open runway in front of him. We were going to have a three-on-three transition opportunity with eight seconds left. And Billy Donovan called a timeout. And look, it all worked out, so that's great. But if ever you're not going to call a timeout at the end of a game, it's down by one with Russell Westbrook with the ball in his hands on a transition opportunity. So it just it took me a little aback that he stepped up and immediately called that timeout. And... Quite frankly, it's kind of amazing that the Thunder were able to get the ball to an advanced position with that in mind. Like, he must have been calling that timeout before Russell Westbrook even got the ball because as soon as Russell puts it on the deck, that becomes an unadvanceable ball after the timeout. So uh, either Billy Donovan has the quickest trigger in the world or the refs cut him a little slack on that one. I'm not sure which one it was. Yeah, and maybe a, a combination of the two. And yeah. I agree with you, and, and we were on our, our chat. And it would have been interesting to see what ended up happening with that situation at the time. But you and I wouldn't trade what happened next. No. Yeah, in, retros- in, retrospect, in retrospect, I'm glad it happened as it happened. Because this was, uh, I mean, I don't know. Paul George has had some pretty good games and in Thunder history, right? He had that one against the Nuggets last year that the Thunder ended up losing that, what, 46 points on zero free throw attempts? Was that what it was? 40-something on zero free throw attempts. He had the yeah. uh, the uh, the initial playoff P game, game one of the eventual loss to the Jazz. He had the he had a really good game in, in the game five comeback against the Jazz where him and Russ both kind of 
were the only people who did something. But this one, man, like, shout out Dylan Hunsinger at Thunder Chats. You've been on the Paul George for MVP hype train since before the season started. And you know what you need for that? You need some MVP moments. And if ever there was one, this this was one of them, man. Yeah, so this was a uh, this was his MVP moment, similar to how the, the Sooners, because we're, you know, a, a Thunder Oklahoma City pod. Um, right. Kyler Murray had his Heisman moment. You could look at, at this next play as potentially an MVP type of moment for mm-hmm. Paul George. So OKC gets the ball, advanced to half court, um, coming off the timeout, and they were able to throw it in to and get it to Russell Westbrook. Shortly after that, a double team happened, and Russ yeah. immediately recognized it. Well, he kicked it out. Let's give some credit to Billy Donovan here. He basically used Russell Westbrook as a decoy. He, he ran he, he ran Russ off a screen to another screen, to a Paul George screen. So the defense was all scrambled, and then Russ came off that screen, and Paul George kind of slipped that screen and popped out to the three-point line. Nobody nearby. He ended up with a help defender running at him. And then... The help defender jumps. Paul George is going to shoot. Oh, no. Pump uh-huh. fake. Dribble over to the side. And then he lets it fly from three down by one uh-huh. and sinks it with ice in his veins from 26 feet away with 3.1 seconds left on the clock. Yeah, man. And and I love the way he hops a little bit while it's in the air. Just a <laughs> little, just, just kind of bounces on his heels. Like, that's so just, cool. Just waiting for it to go in. He's such and a cool the, guy. <laughs> he's so smooth. I want to be his friend. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and so after that, the Brooklyn Nets call timeout. 3.1 seconds left. They get to advance it. And the ball ends up in Jared Dudley's hands. He can't get rid of the ball. And he's trying to make something happen. And Russell Westbrook slaps the ball out of his hands. Yeah. And the ball bounces inbounds, which is important mm-hmm. because yeah. it hit inbounds with like 1.4 seconds left on the clock. And then didn't land out of bounds until 0.4 seconds. 0.1. Well, there are 0.4 seconds left on the clock when the ball hit, but the ref said that there was 0.1 seconds left. And what's interesting is there was no challenge. There was no challenge of it. Worst case, it would have been point three, but at the end, the end of the game, the result was the Nets had to try to throw the ball in for a potential tip, mm-hmm. and the Thunder were able to defend it well. What really wasn't a solid attempt and ball game, no overtime tonight. Yeah, and solid coaching on that one, too, because you'll see teams even in that situation still guarding people at the three-point line. The Thunder just put all five people, like, in the restricted area and were like, come get it, you know, because they didn't have time to catch, right? It had to be a tip-in, and I'd like to see a team try the volleyball set maneuver, the underhanded with the wrists, because I feel like that's the only chance you have in that situation, but I haven't seen it yet, so the Thunder did the right thing. Right, exactly, (laughs) and... I was just waiting, right? Because you mentioned that game from Paul George against the Nuggets last year. 
Yeah. We thought he hit that game-winning three. And then was it Gary Harris that came down on the other end and, and sunk the three? and, and basically, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, on the one where Russ was kind of defending a lob and everybody thought he was trying to get his 10th rebound. And Nikola Jokic probably left his three-foot box on the – inbound pass but they didn't call it and he slung it all the way across the court and he hit the three yeah yeah that's the game yeah so that one still fresh in my <laughs> mind because i'm thinking about it at this moment yeah and i was just waiting to see how brooklyn was going to get out of it and it didn't didn't happen so that was hooking up the tivo talking about how okc came battling back on the shoulders of one paul george to win the game 114 to 112 over the Brooklyn Nets. Woo. How stoked were you to see that? Oh my God. Uh, Dude, it was so much point. fun. It was so much fun. Like, he was just making everything. And then outside of that one shot, like, Russell Westbrook knew he was making everything and just totally seeded the offense to him for large stretches of the fourth quarter. You could just see Paul George's, like, shoulders heaving with the adrenaline like he could just feel it he all the way down to like the post-game interview like it looked like he was it almost looked like he was about to cry a little bit like but that's just the adrenaline right he just had it pumping yeah. and then like the the thunder got in that little mosh pit <laughs> did you see that that was so great I, they were just like it, in a big group hug just like jumping around like they were at, <laughs> at like an insane clown posse concert <laughs> It like so much like fun. Paul George just hit a walk off, right? Like yeah, a man. Home run, and they like just it was attack the finals game. It, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was like, like a baseball thing. It was so cool. And, and him and Russ hugged like three times. <laughs> but I thought that Stars didn't want to play with Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I thought that when Russell Westbrook was stat padding and trying to get triple doubles, the Thunder lose. Yeah, man. Well, we don't need stars to want to play with Russell Westbrook. We just need the one star. And we got right. him. We got him. We got him. Oklahoma! <laughs> yeah. Paul yeah. George. Now. Yeah, man. So just uh, just a little, just to summarize, 47 points on 27 field goal attempts, 11 for 14 from the line. That's a lot of free throw attempts for Paul George. Like, he was being aggressive. Man, that one little slashing layup he got, kind of the reverse reverse layup with his right hand on the left side, that was slick. Like, mm -hmm. And he was attacking the basket. He got four and ones, something like that. Maybe that's what, maybe, maybe getting to the free throw line is what kind of got his stroke going. Like, I hope he takes notes from this because that can really make an efficient player, especially when you're as good as free throws as Paul George is. Yeah, and... To, to keep that in mind, right? So everybody is everybody loves Victor Oladipo and, and what he's done in Indiana. But Vic, a couple of years ago, was the number two guy on the squad next to Russ. The problem with Vic then was that he wouldn't get to the free throw line. Mm -hmm. he, he wouldn't necessarily be aggressive in attacking the paint and get to the free throw line. Well, when Russ has an off night, we have somebody here that can attack the basket, get to the free throw line, can assert himself, and, and Paul George. And that really allows Russell Westbrook to just be and pick his spots 
And Russell Westbrook's overall uh, stat line was 21 points on 9 of 23 shooting. So it wasn't great, but he was, Russ shot the ball a lot early. And then in the second half, just kind of let Paul George be Paul George. And he still had 17 assists and 15 rebounds. <laughs> We're so spoiled. Yeah, well, and so is the rest of the league, right? Like, yeah. if 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 Giannis Antetokounmpo had a, a stat line like that, people would be talking about it for the next week. Or Anthony Davis, or shoot, even James Harden having that mm-hmm. type of performance. People talk about it. But, oh, it's just Russell Westbrook, no big deal, right? Like, 20-point, 15-plus, triple-doubles don't grow on trees. Mm-hmm. And yet we... We just expect that out of Russ at this point. So that was that was great. Steven Adams chipped in 15 points to go with eight rebounds and two steals, surprisingly. Um, he was second on the team in steals tonight. Alex Abrinas was number one with three steals. Um, and that's basically all Alex did. Dennis Schroeder chipped in 12 points. Uh off the bench on five of 12 shooting two of four from three and that's pretty much it for the thunder stat line so we mentioned russ's game and we mentioned paul george's game i wonder who's going to take home the player of the game a lot of suspense going on right now so the player of the game is Come on, Paul George. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Yeah, uh, we had a guy we had a guy throw up a 21 17 and 15 line, not even the player of the game because Paul George just stepped out of his body and put up 47 points, 15 rebounds and four assists all while spurring a 23-point comeback per Leslie McCaslin in the post-game interview. That's the largest comeback in Thunder history. Um, that's what she said. I don't know. Like, I'll, <laughs> I'll take her word for it, but that's pretty outstanding. He was just a man on a mission and just – it was – and most importantly, he was so much fun to watch. Yeah, and we were just – you know, it's like when you get an appetizer before a really good meal – Okay. And it's just like the next bite is just better than the one before it. That's what the fourth quarter felt like when Paul George was coming down and doing work offensively. Yeah. You just couldn't wait to see what that next bite was going to look like. And it yeah. it was an amazing performance by the man. He was exhausted at the end of the game, but he still had enough legs to hit the game winner with 3.1 seconds left on the clock. So, Paul George, you are the player of the game. What does that mean? Do I get, do I get anything? Do I win? Do I get I a bonus? I'll <laughs> be sick. No, it's just, I don't know. Seems dumb. It does. This is the type of win. I don't I don't want to make Brooklyn seem like they're the best team ever. They're 8-18 eight and 18 now, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they only won, or they only won, what, two of their previous 13 games uh, before this. So they weren't they weren't on, you know, any type of tear. They weren't a hot team. They were a team at home that was hitting shots. But this was the type of win that Oklahoma City didn't get last year. This was the yeah. type of game 
that Oklahoma City would have folded and lost by 30-something points last year. And this is the type of win that Oklahoma City can be thinking about come April and May as, hey, you know, remember when? Well, we fought back and we were able to get the job done. We did what it took to win. And this team just doesn't quit. There's no quit in this team. They fight until the end. And that is what you need out of a team that's going to potentially go far in the Western Conference playoffs. Yeah, and uh, Paul George is here to stay. Paul George has taken some ownership in this team, you can tell. And as far as owners go, what a boss. What a boss. (laughs) So that wraps up tonight. Uh, Oklahoma City advanced to 16-7 and on the season. That puts them a half game behind Denver for first place in the Western Conference. Yeah, and that because get- Denver won tonight, unfortunately, in overtime against Orlando. Mm-hmm. And they've won seven in a row, Denver has. Uh, the Clippers um, did lose, though. Yeah. So nice. <laughs> so OKC is in sole possession of the two seed for the time being. They improved their record to seven and four on the road, which wasn't the story last year. Um, this team looks to be continuing the trend of being quote unquote, the hottest team in the NBA. Uh, what's next for them, Steven? Uh, yeah, well, one thing that's crazy about this game, and I haven't checked this, but giving up 112 points to the Brooklyn Nets might not even hurt the Thunder's number one defensive rating. Like that's not even that bad in today's NBA, right? No. No, I mean, they won the fourth all. quarter 39 to 19. They only gave up 50 points in the second half, so they did clamp down a little bit. Um, but yeah, so up next for the Thunder are the Bulls on Friday. Uh, the Bulls aren't good. They're <laughs> they're playing the Bulls in Chicago. The Bulls still aren't good at home. They've lost 11 of their last 12 games. They've lost their last seven games which is kind of a a theme currently because the Nets, I think, had lost six or seven going into the night, also causing some consternation for Thunder fans, worried that they might kind of be desperate for one. And, man, that looked legitimate for most of the game for for about 47 minutes and 56.9 seconds of the game, in (laughs) fact. (laughs) Right? So... But so let's counting? hope that the Bulls don't come out hot in the next game. They've got Zach Levine, who's been really good this year. They've got Laurie Markkinen back. They've got Wendell Carter Jr. having a good season. Jabari Parker has been good on one end of the court. And, uh, you know, the Thunder should mop him up. So, like, let's let's hope some of this momentum carries over. Let's hope Paul George is feeling himself still in a couple days because this was fun. This was definitely fun. Um Let's hope that we get to see some more Hamadou Diallo yeah. in the next one. Sure. Let, let's hope that we can get our bench unit right in the next one and not have to uh, to result in late-game heroics by one of our stars. That would be nice. Yeah, we'll take some third-quarter heroics next time. That'll be fine. Yeah, I, I think we just... Uh, we we forgot that it was the third quarter early on, and then we just <laughs> pretended like the fourth quarter was the third quarter this game. Hopefully things are back to normal uh, yeah. in Chicago. 
what what night is that game, Stephen? Friday night. Friday night. Friday night. So we get a we get a night off and then on into another game on the road. Well, that wraps us up for tonight and the amazing win that the Thunder were able to pull off in Brooklyn. Oh yeah. You want to take us out of here, Stephen? Uh, I'd just like to say a short segment that we didn't get to do is our favorite unit from tonight. And let's just say the unit of this game is residing in Paul George's Nike gym shorts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, I've I've got no words, Uh, but maybe words wouldn't give it justice. Um, So on behalf of Stephen Dolan, I am Matt Mullins, Maddie Moles. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, please, as always, uh, if you like this podcast, give us a five-star uh, rating on iTunes or uh, a high rating wherever you are getting your podcasts these days, as well as some reviews, guys we and gals. We, we really do appreciate the feedback that we get from our listeners. Uh, we're definitely wanting to improve. We're wanting to make this a more enjoyable podcast and one that you guys want to listen to so any criticism or any thoughts uh, are always welcome you can find us on thunderousintentions.com now that's thunderbasketball.com and all over the twitter machine at okc topic thunder with that i will talk to you guys later say bye steve bye bye <laughs> and i will see you guys later and as always thunder up Thunder up. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.